0: Uh, month of July is going to be an amazing, amazing time. With our, uh, we've got two guest speakers, but we've got two in-house speakers that are actually better than our guest speakers. We, we as the church, are so blessed. And we just want to let you know just before I start that Silva and I uh, are going to take four weeks off in a row. Yeah, we ha- we haven't done that for quite a while. We just feel we we just need to recharge some of our emotion, uh, not emotional, but physical uh, energies and. And so we're believing that the next six months of our church are going to be so significant. You know, uh, we've received, you know, we started the year, we've been mentioning, you know, some of the pushbacks that we've had. And, but there comes a time where it's called the breaking point. You know, in in business, we would call it a tipping point. You get to a point where you're putting in, you're putting in, and then all of a sudden, it starts to tip. That's where we are as a church. That's where you are in your life if you're waiting for a breakthrough. You are right at the tipping point. See, if you don't know that, that discourages you. And part of what the enemy wants to do is make you think that you are so far away from your breakthrough that you get emotionally and physically tired. Because the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that, when he comes to do that, what he does, he destroys your confidence and he destroys, he says, it's so far away. And so what happens is this, is if you feel that your breakthrough is so far away, what it does, you stop expecting. I'm just going to go to church today. Well, I was up at 3.30. I got expectations about today. I was praying for you. Now, now we, last week, we started talking about to keep digging. We started to talk about the man called isaac who is the son of abraham and one of the when you start to see all of his miracles the miracles never happen in a good season all of his miracles happen in a time of famine see if you are so used to failure, that means you know, you, you've never had a victory and you open up the Bible and you see no one's had a failure, no one's had a hard time, everybody's blessed. How does that make you feel? You know what? You know when, if you've ever, have, okay, this, this might sound funny, but it's true. There are times where I've heard that people had a really, really bad crash and had a breakthrough after that. That, that helps me. You know, it is it is like if if somebody says, you know what, my wife and I have never argued. And when they give you advice, I don't want your advice, I want the advice from a person that says, we would argue 24 7, now we don't argue. Right? If you were born wealthy and you net you were never broke, I go, I don't get you because. I was on the other end. But when somebody says I was born broke, but now I'm not, I listen. So when you start talking about Isaac, Isaac goes, In the time of famine, that what was spoken over me, what came from me still works. See, famine cannot overcome the spoken word of God. Sin cannot overcome it. A curse cannot overcome it. So, what what we're talking about is you've got to keep on digging. And uh, when God created Adam, He blessed them. Now, what you didn't want to understand something God creates Adam. We'll unpack this. Today's going to be a lot of foundational stuff. God, bless, God created Adam. He was perfect. He came out of him, and then he blessed him. And he said to him, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. I want you to notice in this to, so that you, you can understand something here. When God created Adam, you were in Adam. So, whatever God spoke to Adam, he spoke to you. And here's the beautiful thing He's never ever said, I cancel what I have said. So, God's, you will not find a word that says, I wanted to bless you, but now I've changed my mind. And when we talk, when we learn about digging, well, digging teaches us that the surface, what we see, what we feel, What we have experienced is not the only reality. You know what's really interesting with God? He does this. There is light and there is darkness. There is water, there is land. And so God always offers the two. There's male and then there's female. God has nothing in between. So it is coming up to what is the reality. The reality is darkness, but there's another reality called light. There is water, we can drown, but there's another reality called dry land. So what we start to find in digging is that you could be standing on your miracle, but it's under you, that somebody has plugged up the well. So we learn that so many things are plugged up. Now watch this. In Isaiah 12, verses 2 to 3 and 4, them in the Message Bible, it says this. Yes, indeed. God is my salvation. I trust. I won't be afraid. I want you to just stop here for a moment. Fear dulls your spiritual senses, fear reduces your expectation, fear makes every promise so far away. Fear makes you feel that you don't come up to the standard to receive the promise. And he says this, yes, God is my strength and my song. Best of all, he's my salvation. I want you to just stop there for a moment. Is this? God says, mine. So it's a personal salvation. So it's not just saying, what, what you know, I, I hope I got this, what's happening to here. God says, you got, I, I made my personal salvation. Joyful, you'll pull up. Listen to this, watch this. We're talking about wells. Joyfully, you'll pull up buckets of water from the wells of salvation. What we learned yesterday, I want you to know this. Every problem, before the problem, there was a well of water, which is God's word for every problem. So the well comes before the problem, not after the problem. Okay. And as you do it, you'll say, give thanks to God, call out His name, Ask him for anything. Shout to the nations. Tell them what he has done. And spread the news of his greatness. Now, I want you to watch this now. When Jesus was preaching, when John the Baptist was preaching, it was a religious culture. It was a culture built on the Old Testament. Every prayer That was prayed in the temple, outside the temple, in the family. Always started with this phrase: "Blessed be, blessed are you, God." Don't you just put that into your thinking now? I'm coming to pray. What is the first thing we say? So as a young Jewish boy, as a young Jewish girl, you get up and you see your parents. Then we're going to pray. How are we going to pray? Blessed are you, God. Why would, would you have to tell him that God is blessed? Isn't that amazing? We're trying to work. God, how can you bless me? But every prayer started by blessed are you, God. The reason that comes about, is because you came from God. So you came from a blessed situation. On a, You are born blessed. Now, let me show you the anointing when you understand that you are born blessed. So you get Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. So God is born blessed. You know what? I've, I've lost this. I had a scripture here for you. That's another one. Hold on. 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 What's, if, can you pull up Psalm 84 verse 6? That's it. Now watch this. This is the anointing that's on your life now. Watch this. Even when their paths wind through the dark valleys of tears. They dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. He gives them a brook of blessing filled from the rain of an outpouring. Just watch this. The Bible doesn't say that when there is famine, God plucks you out of that famine and you don't exist where the famine is so that you can't find you. He says, right now, you can be right next to... Everybody's in famine. And here's what we're saying. When somebody that hasn't got the anointing, when he digs, he finds dirt. But when a a man or a woman, a, a believer starts to say, hey, I'm going to dig a hole. I'm not going to find dirt. What I'm going to find is I'm going to find water. I am going to find what, what others are struggling for. So, so what does it tell you? You're right now, you could be in pain, but God says if you dig, you'll find water. Right now, wherever there is a famine... The, the, the valley of darkness is a valley of weeping. It is where you've lost something. You might have lost a job. You might have lost a friendship. You might have lost so many things and you feel like grieving over it, which is totally natural, correct? Because we're, we're emotional. But the Bible tells you this. Just because there is weeping right under you, there's a well, and if you dig it, you will find the blessing filled from the rain of an outpouring. So where others are digging and finding pain, you find the answer. Now, how good is that? It is like what I was mentioning before when you went to one of the Rockefellers and says, when you dig, you find dirt. When I dig, I find oil. So therefore, you know what it means? Right now, whatever you are facing, the answer's there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Genesis 1.26 says this. Then God said, "Let us make man in our image and our likeness." Therefore, you are made in the likeness of blessing. You are made after a blessing. So every time they prayed, they said, "Blessed are you, God." Listen to this. I you this in First Chronicles twenty nine ten. It says this. David blessed Adonai before the whole congregation, saying. Blessed are you. Now, just, just, just help me here. Why would God need you to tell him he's blessed? It, it, is, it is like somebody coming to me and saying, Ted, you're handsome. I go, I know. There's no need to tell me that I already know. I wake up every morning and I go, hallelujah for me. It almost seems like it's obvious. And yet... He's David. It says, David blessed Adonai. He blessed God before the whole congregation saying, Blessed are you, Adonai, the God of Israel, of our father, from eternity to eternity. Yours, Adonai, is the greatness, the power, and the splendor, and the victory, and the majesty. Indeed, everything in heaven and earth. Yours is the kingdom, Adonai, and you are exalted above all. Both riches and honor come from you. You rule over everything. In your hands is power, might. In your hand is to to magnify and give strength to all. Now, watch this. When you start saying, God, you are awesome. God, you are everything. What you're doing is you are, ref- it's a reflection. You're saying, This is what I'm made of. So God says, This the way you see yourself is the way that you see me. You start off, you start off, is that blessed are you, God. So therefore, if I came out of a blessed God, therefore means I'm already blessed. So instead of saying, oh God, make me a blessing, you start off with saying, hold on, blessed are you God. Now I want you to notice something. You start the prayer with a positive affirmation of who God is, not your problem. You know, you know one of the things the Bible says in, that? It's in Ephesians, He says, above all you can ask, think, and imagine, I'm going to give you, correct? You know what what God doesn't do? He says, I'm not going to do that for any negative thoughts that you have. So you go, God, I'm not good. God says, above, I'm going to to magnify it. You think you're bad, you're going to be really ugly after this. (laughs) See, God says, I'm not going to magnify that what is not from me. So anything that is magnified in God's sight starts from him. Look at, look at Psalm 72, verses 7 to 19. May his name endure forever. May his name increase before the sun. And may all the nations be blessed by him and call him blessed. Blessed be Adonai Elohim, God of Israel, who... who who alone does wonders. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May all the earth be filled with his glory. Now watch this. Your main thinking is that God is blessed. And the Bible says this, Out of the, out of the depths or out of the overflow, the mouth speaks. Now, just I want you to put this down into your thinking as well. In the book of Genesis, God never introduces the curse. He introduces the blessing. So when he made the earth, he introduced the curse. Adam, when he sinned, he introduced the curse, not God. Just let that thing for a while. So God didn't do this. Um, Adam, I'm going to create you. I've created a blessing. I've, and, and also, I've made the curse. You can choose. He, he says, look, I'm not even, it's not even on earth. It's not even in my system. It's not in the garden. See, the curse had to sneak into the garden and deceive Adam. It wasn't there. So what, you, what happens here is this, is that God says the word blessed. Now look at Isaiah 22 verse 11. The word blessed is associated with a term called a reservoir of water. So in the Hebrew dialect, in the ancient Hebrew, you could, the, the word from a reservoir of water, it is a well of water, comes from the word blessed. So listen to this. The prophet, you know, Isaiah is probably one of the most quoted, uh, I, uh, the, the, from Jesus to the apostles, they quoted so much of Isaiah. Listen, you've made a reservoir between the two walls of the water. Of, sorry, you've even made a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the oil pool. But you did not look to the maker or consider the one who planned it long before. So, the word blessed means is a pool of water, or you could call this the pool of blessing. So, God comes in and He says, Blessed are you. And what the same term is when the Bible says that I want you to dig a well. What are you going to find when you dig a well? You're going to find blessing, you're not going to find frustration, you're not going to find Problems. You're not going to find even heavier burdens to bear. So the Bible says this, every time that you see the word blessed, it is God has dug a pool of water and he has put himself in it. So the water that you drink, so the word blessed is a pool of blessing. And when it's used through the scripture, it's, it's to be used when needed. So, the, so you look at Jesus says, "Come unto me, all you who are." So he goes, "Look, if you are thirsty, you can come to me because it's there to be used." Now watch, so it's not there to be earned, it's there to be used. So what you find first thing about the blessing of God, it's something that's prepared, it's unearned, it's called the grace of God. And then he says this, and another term for this is to draw blessings from the source. So when you say this, "Blessed are you, O God," you're saying, "God, you are the source of every blessing." So what he tells you is this: is you don't have to run around to be blessed; you have only one source. And the word to be blessed means to increase. So what's what's this? When lack meets the water from God's well, you increase, not decrease. So, So when God says, I want you to give, I want you to bless somebody, you're not going to decrease in your finance, you're going to increase. It also means this, is to draw down His manifestations with abundance. So God says this, what I've done is I have put all of my manifestations in a pool which is accessible. So what God has done, he says, everything, all the manifestations of heaven. You can start to see a little bit of that in what we call the Lord's Prayer. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God says this, it is the transference of what was in heaven has now been transferred to earth and it should be drawn from. Therefore, it means this, you don't need permission to come to God's well and move. Now, let's go a little bit deeper. Ephesians 1 verses 3 and 4. It, Paul takes it up and he puts it in the New Testament. So people go, Oh, I tell that was the old, but this is the new. Listen to this. Ephesians says this: Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Now, let me give you something that this. For you to be blessed, you need to know that God is blessed. But when I mean this, is you need to then, because so many people have this mixture. I know God has blessings, but also, Ted, what about punishment? Ted, what about all the other stuff? You're a smart church. You're a smart church. So many Christians are afraid of the judgment day. Keep doing what you're doing, there's going to be a reckoning. That's right, don't worry, God's checks is in the mail. When you get born again, you pass from judgment into light. You cannot be judged on what is forgiven. So in the fear, God says this, when you come to the throne of grace... That in you know, what's his name um, Hebrews four sixteen he says come boldly into the throne of grace the reason we don't come boldly because we go what will God find fault with so he says blessed be the God so he starts of this who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in the Messiah in Jesus he chose us. In the Messiah before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. Now, watch this. This is how Jesus sees you. This is how God sees you. I see you holy. Now, can we just look? You know what? Holiness has got nothing to do with behavior. I know people that behave well but are really terrible. Come on. You can modify behavior let me tell you how we modify behaviour just say you're a thief the way we modify your behaviour is to lock you up and you've got nothing to steal so you can actually say hey I'm healed man I haven't stolen anything in 20 years but it's 19 years 11 months 29 days wait till tomorrow oh, you know what I've never said anything offensive to anybody That's right, because you're in solitary confinement. You're healed. See, behavior modification says this. I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do that. Now watch this. You don't become holy by what you don't do. You become holy in what you believe. So when you believed in Jesus, you became holy. And what happens is when you understand that you are holy, that what is manifested on the outside is not a work of the flesh, but it's work of the spirit. So I am doing who I am. See, Adam didn't try to be holy. He says, I am. What we try to do is if we have an internal problem, we try to fix it by behavior. And it doesn't work. It is proven. you got Thieves that go into jail, they don't steal. But when they come out, guess what they do? Well, oh, you know what? I'm not into drugs. Yeah, That's because you know, you're locked up again. So behavior. So the Bible says, I, I make you holy. So now when you start to thinking, it is a holy person. It's a holy believer saying to God, God, you are blessed. Then he says this, and you are blameless. You know what Also, That means two ways. That when you know you're blameless, you stop at blaming others. Oh, the reason I'm like that, you should see who I'm hanging around with. The reason I'm like this, da-da-da, what happens is this. All the blame comes out of your system, and you're not blaming anybody because you're blessed. Then he says this, before him in love, and faith works through love. Now now watch this. Now now we get to the really the preaching end of this. This was just foundations. Listen to this. Psalm 87, 7. And the princes of God, feasts, will sing, and dance singing. Every fountain of delight springs up from your life within me. Shall I say that again? Just that last bit. Every fountain of delight springs up from your life within me. Watch this. Paul says, You are all trying so hard to be blessed when God at salvation, before the earth he planned it, at salvation he deposited. After he's deposited, it comes into reality. So God says this, the answer is within you. He goes, every fountain of delight springs up from your life within me. So what God is telling you, you have a problem. Where's the answer? I've deposited in you. But it's got to be dug up. Think about this. Let's talk about how do you plug up a well? Well? So, so there is a well of healing there's a well of salvation there's a well of no condemnation there's a well for every single need the, that's why we, if we go back to that verse that says you can, I, I, there are rivers of salvation there, there are multiple streams there's one source but multiple streams so how do you plug up a well? let's start with the absolute Basics okay, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy for that. You know, it's like people saying, Well, you know, I've eaten terrible all my life, how can then I expect God to heal my body? There's this huge issue. Um, uh, it happened, I think, about four years ago. It was all in the news where people were getting angry because there was a guy that uh, had a bad liver because of uh, constant all of his life he was drinking, and he was going to get a transplant. The whole thing was, why should he get a transplant? Look at his lifestyle. That's just one way of looking at it. So God says this, what, how do I plug it up? Well, oh, oh, you know what? You're not worthy. Let's go another one. Maybe it's not God's will for you. Are you okay? Do you know, do you realize what you're saying now? Now, watch this now, because understanding that it's already in you. When I say God, when you, I got, that's not in me. What you're saying is, God, what you gave to all of these, you didn't give to me. So, if somebody gets prayed for, gets healed. You come up and you're thinking, oh, 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 I hope it's God's will. And then it doesn't. And then somebody comes to you, maybe it's not God's will. Guess what they're telling you? That's the reality. Is they're saying, what was filled into this person wasn't filled in you. Therefore, God has kept something back. See, we've been taught to use that phrase without understanding the full consequence of what we are saying. So if I'm looking at somebody and they are blessed, and I go, maybe it's not God's will for me, I am saying, God, when I look at the book of Ephesians, when you said you've blessed me, I need to remove the everything. Let's go back to the uh, Ephesians one, please. Look at this. If... Okay. Okay. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus, uh, Yeshua, the Messiah, who has blessed us with what? Excuse me, come on. Everything. All right, now watch this. If we don't remove things, people in theology has removed everything. And to some. Okay, uh, I, I know you won't put your hand up, but okay. How many people did Jesus forgive on the cross? How many? How many are not sure? No, just let, let's go back to the, because the Bible says I don't want to know anything among you except Jesus Christ who been crucified. He says the cross answers the cross answers all things. So how many people did Jesus forgive? Everyone. So if everybody is forgiven on the cross, and the cross made a way for the full blessing of God to come back onto and into man, then we've we got to go listen. I, I need to really find out what's in there. I, I have been blessed with every blessing. So if i am not experiencing a blessing, I need to know what's, what stoppages is in me. Because it's no longer in heaven, it's in me. You good? So, so let's go back to that verse. Every fountain of delight. Transpose that with what we said in Ephesians. It springs up from your life within me. So what you have, you've got the cross, and God says, I give all of myself to the cross. So when Jesus was on the cross, he wasn't holding anything back for anybody. That is why one of the b- blockages that we have is unforgiveness. See, unforg- when people go, oh, you know, the Bible says, Bible says, don't hold anything against everybody. You need to forgive. Why would God have to tell us not to forgive? How many, uh, if, 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 before you were saved, when you lived in your flesh, unforgiveness felt really good. Unforgiveness felt brilliant. It felt good because I can tell you no. I, I can tell you I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to tell you, you know the promise I made? I've changed my mind. I can tell you that I'm going to let the air down in your tithe. Why? Because you did this. The reason my behavior is this is because of this. But now that I am born again, that was was good in the flesh is now a blockage in the spirit. What feels good in one way, it becomes my blockage over here. You'd be surprised how many people receive their healing when they forgive. I mentioned this before. I'll feel to like mention it again. I had a really good friend of mine. He's a healing evangelist. And there was a lady in church in, um, in Queensland. She was the top intercessor in the church. She got sick and she had she, uh, basically the doctors gave up and said, you're going to pass away. And um, so she, she goes, oh, you know, people prayed, nothing happened. The church prayed and fasted and nothing happened. They did everything until she was just on her deathbed. And then she said, I need to talk to this pastor. So he rings him up. She sits in and she says this. In 1942, I was engaged. I was in an airfield. I was serving as a nurse in an airfield in Darwin. Then her fiancé got trans- transferred to Papua New Guinea and while he was away she committed fornication. Fornication is when you have sex outside of a marriage to a person that's not married. And I've dealt with that and she goes, "But I've never ever asked for forgiveness and I've kept it." And and she just get oh, this for all of these years she had a blockage because she did not confess it. Let me just show you something. Unforgiveness of sin goes into the bloodstream. It dries up the bones. I, what whatever is spiritual is manifested in the natural. I don't I don't want to scare you, I want to help you, okay? So when people go, I've got resentment against you. He goes, by me not letting it go, I am stopping the overflow of God into my reality. But I am also affecting my body. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is mine. That is called physical strength. It's not called, you know, the joy of the Lord makes me have a good attitude. It doesn't say that. It does, but it doesn't, okay? You will be surprised. You know, just just OK, just say you're down, you're tired and you don't want to get out of bed and you've got the sheet over your head, you get an SMS message. You have just 110 million dollars waiting downstairs for you. How, how would you get up? Oh yeah! I need a coffee. Uber coffee. Bring it to my bedroom. I've got to go downstairs. There was, a, it was i I've, I've got a book, it's made, it was from the 1920s. And um, there was this chaplain that used to go into hospitals. And he saw this young man. He was in there for about three or four years. He had every disease that you could mention. Th- 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 this guy was a disease magnet. He, uh, you know, you talk to him, I've got a problem with you, right. Then one day he comes in and the bed's empty. He goes, what happened? He goes, he fell in love. Got married and now he's hiking in the Himalayans. See what, what happens is that so what so what blockages is this? Just watch this. Is that whatever you block affects your body and also affects what God's put inside of you in manifesting in your reality? Isn't it interesting? Paul is talking to born-again believers in Romans 12, and he says, renew your mind. About 98% of all the blockages you have are in your thinking. And I can prove that. Well, how can you prove that, Pastor Fabianic? That's really easy. What's one of the hardest things to do to make time for? is reading the word in prayer. Why do you think there's such an onslaught for you not to read your bible? When you read the bible, Paul says it's the washing of the water by the word. So look look, look at that time. God, please bless the time and make it go backwards in Jesus' name. We'll, we'll, I love the worship team just to come up right now. But everything that God has for you, He has already put into your life. So the first thing you do is you come before God. Blessed are you, God. So you're, what you're doing there is you are recognizing the source from where the blessing has come from. And when you say that God is blessed, that there is no darkness in his light. There is no shadow of a turning in his life. And then you go, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to fully accept it. I am going to fully understand it. I am going to prosper I am going to reproduce. I am going to fill the earth. I will take charge. You know, just today, don't let an offense happen to you. Let me just say this. There's an offenses that become blockages. And then there are offenses that you take up that somebody else has done. It's called that was unjust and you take up their offense. God is the source. Let Him deal with it. And just today, wouldn't it be really good is that we're going to, I'm going to pray this. Holy Spirit, show me the things that are blocking what you have already given me. Instead of going, oh God, I haven't got this, I haven't got this, I haven't got this. is to understand that this is it. That is why Paul said, pray with what? Thanksgiving. You know what Paul was saying This is, when you're praying, God, I want to be blessed. God says, I've put it into you. Then God says, now thank me for it because it's yours. God has given you absolutely everything. And it's time to unplug the wells. It's time to unplug the well. If you're sick, unplug the well. If you're emotionally sick, unplug the well. Whatever it is, is that somebody has come up and plugged it up and plugged it up. Now, you know what happens is this. When something is plugged up, you don't see the blessing. You see what's plugging it. And then if you don't don't know, if you're spiritually immature, you start talking about the plugging. No, I'm just saying, God, I remove that thought. God, I'm going to live supernaturally in a natural world. God, I'm going to live by your word, not by how I feel. God, I am putting myself and I am acknowledging that you have put the wealth of heaven inside of me. Go on, we stand Standing for a moment in front of in God's here right now. If you need to forgive, forgive. But what, 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 if, what if they don't deserve it? It's got nothing to do about them. Can you, can you all look at me for one second? Offenses, unforgiveness has nothing to do with the person that created them. What it's got to do is what's plugging the blessing up. We're going to pray in a moment. And I believe that supernaturally, God's going to unstop things. God's going to unstop things. Come on, lift up your hands, Father. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, blessed are you, O God. God, you are blessed. God, you are are the owner of everything. You are the source of every blessing. And Father, we come to you. Father, because people have plugged up our wells. Father, people have said things. People have done things. All of this stuff has been put in. People have told me that I'll never prosper. People have said that I'm not totally forgiven. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Father God, as we come to a year of increase, as we in a year of moving forward, in a year of taking back what we have lost, Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you would start to unplug every well right now. Father, I choose to forgive everybody that's offended me. I choose to forgive that everybody that's wronged me. And Father, right now, I acknowledge that everything has been given me and you want it to come out. So Father, right now, I acknowledge that you are blessed. Father, I acknowledge I come from you and you are blessed. So therefore, I know that I am totally blessed. So Father, right now, I just want to thank you that you on the cross have transferred everything into me and you want it to outflow out of me. So Father, I start a journey that from today onward, Father, I am going to unplug and I will remove every lie, every suspicion, everything out of that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll just leave this with you, and we're gonna we're gonna just worship a little bit. The spirit of fear makes you suspicious. Part of the word the, suspi- the word the word suspicion comes out of the word to fear. So when you have a fear, you become suspicious. Uh, some of us here and those listening on the podcast need to get freed from being suspicious. what what if God, maybe God doesn't love me God has always desired to bless you. you, don't have to be suspicious about the goodness of God so what we want to do now for 30 seconds we are going to praise God that the blessing of God is in us, we're going to praise God that hey it's going to outflow out of me, it's going to come out of me into my reality, come on let's praise God, Father we thank you we thank you God